Log Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Ed. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice. Fantasy picks to click and flick, the latest NFL news, and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody. Welcome back. It's been a long eight months since we had a nice little chat. And boy, the world is totally different. But one thing's not changing. That's right. My name's Michael Nazarek. I am host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. And with me, once again, is my good friend and healthy co- <laughs> uh, co-host, the fantasy veteran, and, I mean, Chris Rito. I am so happy to be talking to you right now. And hopefully, I know we're going to talk about what's going on in the world and all a little bit, but we're welcoming back fantasy football, and I, I couldn't be happier to have a uh, uh, such a good friend as a co-host. How, how are you doing tonight? Well, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be talking about something that's not, you know, COVID or race riots or something. I know those are obviously very serious things, like you said, but I, you know, we need to talk about sports just because I think we need to talk about something else. Um, I've always thought that fantasy football is a great escape for me personally and for a lot of people, but I can honestly say that the world needs fantasy football and things like it more now than it probably ever has before. They, they need sports. They need fantasy sports. And, and I'm looking very forward to talking about a little football tonight. So for at least a half hour or so we can, we can talk about something with a little bit of positivity. That's right. I am, I'm, I'm so happy that we're, we're, we're here and we're healthy and we're talking about this. And this is uh, our, the start of our 13th season online with the podcast. It is our, Fantasy Football Mastermind's 25th Silver Anniversary online, providing fantasy football information to help people win. Um, I, I wish it was in a normal year, but, you know, it, it is what it is. And, uh, you know, we're, we're doing what we normally do this time of year. And this year, uh, right now, we're going to be talking about quarterbacks for fantasy football for the 2020 season. We're, we're assuming that there's going to be a season. They've got an agreement between the NFL and the NFLPA, and we're all crossing our fingers that hopefully there is going to be a football season, and if it gets underway, hopefully it will continue, uh, you know, and, and we're going to go from there. But, uh, you know, you've been with the site most of the years, uh, going all the way back to 1996 when I started the website, uh, and I really appreciate everything you've done. Uh, you know, you, you, you never fail to write very uh, interesting and in-depth and informative articles, and, and you've done it again this year. And, and center them around uh, the COVID-19 outbreak. And uh, I think those are, are, are very important uh, topics for commissioner playing fantasy football. And from the, uh, the owner and the p- player's standpoint, uh, those, those are very important articles, uh, you know, and, and they're in our draft guide because of you. I, I appreciate that and all, uh, you know. And, uh, you know, let's, let's, let's get into this. I did want to mention that uh, a longtime sponsor of our sites once again come back. 
the FFPC, which is a, stands for the Fantasy, Player, uh, Fantasy Football Players Championship, myffpc.com. Anyone that wants to play any kind of leagues, in, in including just low stakes, $35 leagues to start out, or you can go all the way to the high stakes like myself and my uh, partner, Gil Brevar, uh have two teams in the main event again this year. I've been playing in this uh, with 11 or 12 years. We've been doing this. Um, I don't think we're going to be uh, drafting live in Vegas this year, but that's mostly because uh, Gil doesn't want to fly out here, and I can't blame him. <laughs> but it's still hot as heck in, here in Vegas, but you know uh, we will be drafting online. Uh, so if you, whether you want to uh, play in a $35 league, a $77 league, $150, to $250, $500, all the way up to $1,500, and the main event's $1,900 with a chance to win $500,000, uh, check out myffpc.com. We pr- appreciate the guys, David Gerzak and Alex Kennedy. Uh, over there at myffpc.com. So let's get right to the news and notes. Uh, the the first note, of course, everyone's looking at the opt-out list, and they notice, of course, Damian Williams, the uh, starting back. Of course, they drafted a player, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, uh, in April, uh, but Damian was going to uh, fill a major part of that uh, running back by committee rotation and whatnot, uh, and he's gone. So it looks like uh, CEH uh, for short is going to be taking over. They've got other running backs on, on, the, uh, on the roster, but we're talking about the Super Bowl champions here. What, what, what is your take on this, uh, uh, Chris? Uh, is this make CEH a, an elite running back right out of the gate, or do you think he has to prove himself? Uh, I, maybe a little of both, but I certainly think he's going to have elite opportunity. Um, that's, he, may, he may only get a part of the pie. I think he's going to get the lion's share of the pie but it's a really big pie in Kansas City. That, that running back uh, contribution to the offensive stats and the fantasy stats is so big as a group that even if he only gets the lion's share of it, that's still going to make him a, a probably, you know, I think he re- realistically, if he stays healthy and does start, could push for running back one consideration. I mean, he's, that offense is just that good, and I think that little of the other guys he's competing with, and I think he probably can take the lion's share of the action there. So that's, that's a guy who, if you drafted much earlier, you got him maybe as a third or fourth, maybe fifth back, and, boy, he could put up running back one number. That's the kind of early season draft pick that can make a, a draft master's league you, you drafted in May really, really look good. Yep. Uh, in fact, what's interesting is that I, have, I am playing in the uh, drafting in the uh, FFPC Pros versus Joes, the final of the six drafts tonight at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. Uh, in fact, I'm going to be prepping for this draft right after we get off to uh, finish the show tonight. I'm going to be posting a link that you'll be able to follow along the actual draft on uh, my Twitter page. That's FF Mastermind on Twitter, uh, as well as a link to the uh, High Stakes Power Hour, where the guys are actually going to be talking about the draft live as it happens. I'm going to be posting that link on my Twitter feed, too. So everyone that's uh, listening now, uh, or if you're listening, hopefully before tonight, you'll have a chance to go to my Twitter feed, click on those links, and you can watch uh, myself draft. I'm going to be drafting out of the four holes. It's going to be very interesting. Uh, I don't think I'm going to get a chance at Mr. McCaffrey, but you know, uh, I still think that I'm pretty confident that, uh, that I can uh, draft a, a competitive team. This is all or, all for nothing, all or nothing in this. It's a best ball format. It's gone to a slim, uh, slim uh, format, which means no kicker and no defense. And instead of going 26 rounds like we normally do in the best ball format, we're only going to go 18. And uh, so we're all just drafting quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. And it's going to be very interesting to see how uh, my team stacks up. If you win your league, it's total points. If you win your league, you get a main event team for next year. If you finish second or last, you don't get anything. 
So I've been very fortunate. I've won the league once. I finished third last year. Uh, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what's going on. But uh, for people that just want to escape for a night and just watch a, a, a pretty cool draft because it's, it's very competitive. The, the Joes are veteran FFPC players. They have main event teams in, in the event this year. So there's no, uh, no, no amateurs in, this, in these drafts. And even though it's early, uh, people want to get on their prep and everything. And if you want to see how I'm thinking about uh, formulating my FFPC team, then definitely you want to get on Twitter and click those links. Um, speaking of opting out, the deadline now is going to be Thursday at 4 p.m. for most cases, unless something crops up. They've got a couple exceptions, uh, things like if one of your family members gets sick and, and such. But, um, Chris, do you have any idea, if you think off the top of your head, that somebody may – uh, a big name that may opt out here in the next day, uh, specifically maybe in, in Indianapolis. Is there any kind of rumors that you've heard of anyone thinking about opting out? I've not heard of any rumors uh, to that regard. The kind of guys who, who might from Indianapolis would be a guy like Philip Rivers who has, you know, a bajillion kids. You know, he has to worry about that, but he's such a competitor. There's no way in hell he's going to opt out. He may be forced out, but he won't opt out. Um, the only really big name, and I actually have a draft that starts tomorrow morning, so I'm a little bit hesitant because here's a guy that could go in the top three rounds, maybe the top four rounds, is OBJ because he was very, very vocal earlier this week about the, the fact that the NFL shouldn't even be playing. He basically was talking as if a guy who wants to opt out. Now, obviously, financially, that's not you know something. He'd have to give up an awful lot of money to do that. But amongst all the big-name guys, the guys who could really impact your fantasy season by getting him yanked off your your roster if you've already drafted him, he's the first one that comes to mind as a guy who who has already, you know, talked the talk. No question is, will he walk the walk out the door? The other kind of guys you might think about are guys who have either threatened hold out or are in a position they would like to hold out, maybe a Dalvin Cook. Uh, I, I don't see him doing that just because, you know, he's kind of over a barrel. He's kind of got to play to become a free agent. But that's the kind of guy who, if he's really hesitant to put himself at risk, from injury, he may he may use the excuse of I'm willing to put myself at risk, or I'm not willing to put myself at risk for sickness either. So those are kind of the two guys that come to mind when you ask that question to me. Yep, I uh, I, I see exactly where you're coming from. Sources uh, around Cleveland are saying that OBJ is definitely going to play, but you know until tomorrow hits at 4 p.m. Eastern, uh, anything can happen. And something can happen tonight, tomorrow morning. Uh, who knows? Uh, but if you're drafting like myself. Uh, I love OBJ as a player because um, my team with the Giants, but he's now a Cleveland Brown. Kind of struggled last year. Mayfield uh, d- didn't have uh, the very much luck success hitting him for the big plays. So uh, uh, you're probably not going to find him on my roster after we draft tonight. Uh, but I, I love the guy as a player, uh, you know, and we'll see what happens. Anyway, uh, let's move on over here. It's a running back position. Uh, news that just happened here in the last week. The Buccaneers signed uh, Shady McCoy. Uh, so, fantasy impact, Chris, what do you think? Is he going to make an impact as a Buccaneer there with Tom Brady? Yeah, I think yeah, I, know, I know you and I talked about this a little bit earlier, but I actually think McCoy might actually sneak into a significant share of the rotation, uh, and primarily because Tom Brady has historically shown very little patience with rookie running backs or, or young running backs that, that don't pick up blitzes, don't pick up their blocks, run the wrong route, that kind of stuff. And with, you know, they've got a, a, run, a rookie running back, Keyshawn Vaughn, who is not showed up yet because of COVID. So I don't, I think he can, he can easily move past him. Uh, Ronald Jones has been a little erratic. He's got, you know, explosive skills, but uh, he's been a little erratic. So I actually think that from the, from a comfort zone perspective, Tom Brady's going to push to have that veteran guy out there that he knows is going to 
pick up his blitz and run his route and be available when he needs him. So I think McCoy actually could get a significant share of the snaps. The question is, with his less-than-explosive speed right now, is he going to get the lion's share of the stats as compared to Jones? And I think he'll, he'll muddy the water in the backfield, but he might be a decent bi-week fill-in, unless he really takes over, which I think is a little bit iffy. Okay. Uh, well, let's move on here. Uh, free agent uh, wide receiver Antonio Brown. Boy, you know, he was in trouble with the law and such. And even before, uh, he had a part of his case down there in Florida uh, uh, handled by the court where he was sanctioned. Uh, he was officially suspended eight games. Now, uh, he's a free agent, and suspension is starting. He's not going to appeal it. And that means that it will start in week one this, this year and uh, this season. They get through the first eight weeks, the first eight games. Uh, then he can sign, or he actually technically can sign with anyone now uh, and, and practice with them later in the month when they can. Uh, and then he'll have to sit out eight games, and then he'll, he, can, uh, he can play. So the question is, with him uh, being out for the first eight games, uh, I, I've seen him drafted fairly late uh, you know, as a flyer pick before this news came out. But now that he's going to sit for eight games, are you going to possibly – take a flyer pick on him late in your fantasy draft and hope that he can make an impact towards the end of your season? Uh, this season, no. I, I can't see it. I can't see him getting on anywhere. Frankly, I'm not even sure the season's going to last that long. I, I, I'm having a difficult time, as negative as that sounds, seeing that the season's going to play more than eight games from the NFL's perspective. Now, if you're in a dynasty league, I think he absolutely he should be rostered. Um, I think he's too good. I mean, if you're having a dynasty draft and for some reason he's available, yeah, I would pick him up and stick him on the end of my bench for sure. I mean, worst case scenario, he's going to come back at what, 32 years old, still very effective uh, the, the year after. Why not? I kept Michael Vick for four years while he was going to jail and, and trying to find his way back in the league. And he paid off with an MVP season. You know, Antonio Brown's better than Michael Vick frankly, from a fantasy oh, perspective. Oh, yeah. Wow, so. that, that was a good move, a smart move on your part there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. That's where his value uh, comes into play if you're in a dynasty league like that. Uh, moving on over to tight end. Brown's tight end, uh, David Njoku, uh, you know, he had demanded a trade earlier because they signed Austin Hooper. He, didn't, he kind of felt uh, out of the game plan and all. But uh, he's met recently with the GM there in Cleveland, and uh, he said, okay, well, yeah, I, I, I'm ready. I'm in my best shape of my life. Uh, of course, we always hear that this time of year. Uh, saying that he's all in uh, and ready to play. Uh, so but the issue, of course, is that they signed Austin Hooper to start, uh, you know, in theory. And David, David Njoku, uh, you know, kind of fell out of favor with the coaches there last year, and yet he's now back on the roster, and, of course, he's, he's all in now. So do you think that there's any fantasy value in Njoku at all for 2020? Uh, in the absence of uh, an injury to Hooper, which, you know, is very, very possible. He's been dinging quite a lot in his career. Or – an opt-out by Odell Beckham and they need another receiving option? No, I can't, can't see it. Um, I think he's a good enough talent that if things start to happen, they start to lose bodies, yeah, he could, he could absolutely put up serviceable numbers if he's in the lineup, but I can't see him getting into the lineup until that happens. Yep, I agree with you there. Uh, the final uh, piece of note here, uh, and, and people, we're probably going to run long, but we've got 15 extra minutes if we uh, have to go run long, and that's that's fine. We're taking our time. There's lots of stuff to talk about. 49ers have signed uh, veteran uh, tight end Jordan Reed. Uh, had all those toe and ankle and foot injuries and such for, for Washington all those years. Well, now, uh, George Kittle is, uh, of course, reported for training camp. Uh, they've been saying they want to extend him, but they're not close to a deal with him. But, uh, you know, Kittle's not making a big deal about it. He just wants to play and support his teammates and stuff and be there. Is there any fantasy impact here at all in terms of the Jordan Reed signing, or is he just basically uh, a deaf position fill-in player? What do you think, Chris? We'll get back on, we'll get back on schedule here. 
no, no value. <laughs> <laughs> no fantasy value. Okay, so you guys can just cross Jordan Reed off your list. Uh, by the way, uh, we did not rank him uh, because, uh, you know, he was a free agent there. I'm not planning on adding him to the rankings in there. We have Ross Dwelly, who is the, uh, the number two there, so I don't see uh, Jordan Reed passing him. Uh, I'm not even sure if Jordan Reed, once they start practicing, is going to be able to make it through a whole week of practice, much less stay on the team and make it through, uh, you know, week one, but we'll see there. But, uh, you know, I thought I, I, I wanted to throw that name out there because he was such a big name or used to be such a big name for fantasy. Okay, let's go down the list of injuries real quick here. Uh, big Ben uh, had, had a good throwing session earlier today he spoke with the uh the uh the reporters the media uh he's his elbow uh you know it's feeling great now uh, believe it or not he tore three tendons off the bone uh i think that they said that the, that no other starting quarterbacks ever had that and come back from that injury almost like a tommy john type surgery uh, not quite tommy john but he's feeling great he's on track to play week one so if you drafted big ben like i did and as a backup uh for one of my teams earlier this year then you're in pretty good shape right now alex smith with the leg you know it was almost like he lost his leg in washington well uh you know he's been cleared he's been looking good and now they're saying that he might actually compete to start in washington with Wayne Haskins, depending on how Haskins performs in practices later this month, we shall see there. Uh, in New England, Sonny Michel, uh, the foot uh, injury, you know, it, towards the end of last year, had surgery on it. He's been placed on the pup. Uh, you know, uh, it's of course New England doesn't really update injuries and such. We assume that he'll probably be okay to start week one, but we'll see as uh, we get into August here. Of course, in Seattle, Rashard Penny, this was expected, torn ACL, placed on the active pup list. He's probably going to miss the first six weeks of the season and stay on the reserve pup list there for a while. And they've uh, signed uh, Carlos Hyde to back up Chris Carson there in Seattle. Uh, moving back to New England, Mohamed Sanu has been placed on the pup. Doesn't seem too serious there. Just keep an eye on that. Uh, Jarvis Landry uh, had surgery on his hip. Uh, he's been placed on the pup, but he's still on track to play week one. We'll see how he progresses. And, of course, T.Y. Hilton is always injured. Uh, Chris, uh, the hamstring, he's been placed on the NFI list. With, they say it's a minor injury. Do you have any update on T.Y. Hilton and Indy? I have no update, but I do have concerns. Like you mentioned, he's had a kind of a history of soft tissue, especially hamstring injuries. And for a guy whose game is based on speed, you know, especially when you start hitting near that magic 30 mark, uh, I, I have some concerns about this. And with the relative lack of depth at receiver, especially star power receiver they have, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned here about T.Y. Hilton, especially – being hurt this early in camp. Yeah, I'd be concerned too. Uh, just an FYI, uh, we joined the um, uh, uh, FFPC Dynasty League, uh, the startup. Uh, Steve Yerger, who's the IDP specialist uh, here uh, with myself uh, at Mastermind, uh, we went in on a team and uh, we did not draft a T.Y. Hilton, but it's a Dynasty draft, the first draft. And I tell you, uh, T.Y. Hilton lasted well beyond the first eight or nine uh, rounds. I can't exactly remember what round he went, but it was it was very, very late because not only of his age, but of his, his injury history. So he's got even less value in a dynasty league because people just don't believe that he's going to be able to play a full season there. Uh, moving on over to Miami, Preston Williams, torn ACL. He's been cleared for football activity, so it looks like he's going to be opposite Devonta Parker when they start week one. And Will Disley uh, with the Achilles uh, injury that he suffered last year, he avoided the pup list. He's making good progress in rehab. Uh, they're going to take it slow and easy with him. Of course, uh, Greg Olson's over there now. they got a whole bunch of tight ends there uh, for Seattle. And uh, But Will Disley may be good to play week one. We'll, we shall see. Uh, the NFL COVID-19 list. Uh, uh, we all heard this week, if you've been listening, Eagles head coach Doug Peterson, he tested positive, eight symptomatic, working from home virtually. Uh, he says he feels great and all, but, you know, he's, they're taking the precautions, and what else are you going to do? 
Uh, other big news was that Matthew Stafford initially was put on the list. Well, they, they said that, uh, that he's actually had a false positive, and they tested him a couple times since. It's been negative, so they removed him from the list, activated him. Uh, Gardner Minshew was the other starting quarterback uh, put on the list of COVID. He was activated today as well, so it looks like he's uh, clear of that. A couple other names real quick on, on this, for the Steelers, running back Jalen Samuels and James Washington. They've been put on the COVID list. Now, they, these teams don't have to give details, either one of two things. Either they tested positive for COVID or they've been around somebody that has tested positive, and so they're taking very extreme caution here on this. We're crossing our fingers, people, that we end up like the NBA or the NHL and not the MLB in terms of uh, COVID play. Well, we shall see. And, uh, uh, oh, a couple other notable NFL opt-outs. Uh, Patriots wide receiver Marquis Lee, the veteran, was signed in the offseason one-year deal. He opted out. Uh, and, of course, uh, New York Jets lost linebacker C.J. Mosley for the whole season. This guy signed a big money deal before last year. He played like one, one and a half games last year. Uh, now he opts out this year. He collected like more than $20 million for two years and barely played uh, like 60 snaps for the Jets. So they're, they're, they're going to be without their uh, linebacker leader for the whole year. And we'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's Expert League Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim... Redrafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP, they cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, we urge everyone to check out our website, ffmastermind.com, with lots of good free stuff, including our free NFL daily quick bits. Anything kind of news that hits, we're posting it on there, including injuries until the start of the season. Of course, we're keeping up with free agents uh, through our tracker and player movement trackers, uh, coaching too, of course, uh, offering free Eye in the Sky scanner reports on a monthly basis. Right now, actually, there's will be two in August, including two reports on the Colts from Chris Rito. Of course, our premium master's list customizable cheat sheet, our mastermind championship projections board, and our executive draft master uh, software uh, have been updated uh, multiple times during the offseason, including last week. When uh, last Friday we released version one of our preseason draft guide, normally released that in June. Of course, with COVID, we wanted to wait a little bit. Uh, we got lots of good, good stuff in there, including 15 initial fantasy articles on all a bunch of topics, including a couple uh, related to COVID from Chris Rito on there. Several more articles coming soon, including perfect drafts. Our, uh, the price on the draft guide right now is $19.95. Um, our premium summer rates, a Pro Bowl package, which includes the guide uh, and the weekly newsletters during the seasons, $49.95, and Super Bowl package, which includes everything I mentioned, including, including our uh, EDM, Executive Draft Master, drafting software to help you draft, is $59.95. And once again, please follow me on Twitter, at FFMastermind. Let's get right to the top ten quarterbacks. Chris, for fantasy football, what are your top three quarterbacks for 2020? Well, I'm pretty sure my top three are the same as most people's. I'm going to start with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, I honestly looked for a reason not to put him here, but I just couldn't find one. I mean, even if he regresses 20% from his per-game averages over the, his first two seasons, 
that's still going to put him at 4,000 yards and close to 40 touchdowns, which should put him right at or above the QB number one most years. The only possible concern is that he kind of petered out a little bit down the, the FFL stretch in each of the last two seasons. So, yeah, I don't know if it was weather or if he got a little bit tired or, or what, but he did peter out a little bit during our fantasy playoffs. Still pretty damn good, though. Uh, I've got Lamar Jackson number two. I, I still think last year was a bit of a perfect storm, but his dual threat capabilities uh, are unlike anything aside from vintage Cam Newton. So uh, the scary thing is he can still improve as a passer. His receiving weapons can only get better and more mature. So I, I think they'd like to see his very fantasy-friendly rushing attempts reduced, but I think he's probably due for a little uptick in passing yards, although probably a likely regression in touchdowns. That was a pretty high number he had last year, but he should still be right at or near the top of this list. And then number three, I've got Dak Prescott. It's, it's a strong vote for consistency and predictability here. You always knew exactly what you get with Dak. He'd been between 3,400 and 3,800 yards every year, 22 or 23 touchdowns, six rushing scores. And then last year, his first season, full season with a true number one with Amari Cooper surges to 4,900 yards and 30 touchdowns. Also a contract year last year, and he's also in a contract year this year. So he doesn't miss games, never have a down fantasy game. He's always a top 10 quarterback despite a run-first attack. So I think Dak is really a high-ceiling and high-floor guy. Yeah, I have to agree with you there, and I'm going to give you my top five, and the top three are exactly like yours, the exact same reasons. Love Patrick Mahomes, especially in the playoffs, what he showed that he can do, kind of reminded everybody, hey, I know I got injured and all, and kind of you know, uh, didn't quite kick it into gear immediately, but when it, when it counted, I got the job done. Uh, Lamar Jackson, kind of hard not to put in number two with all those rushing, uh, you know, the rushing ability, the the, the fact that he can just, uh, you know, outmaneuver out most people that are trying to tackle him and such. And, and like you said, uh, he did this with uh, Marquise Brown hobbling on one foot most of the year and mostly just uh, Mark Andrews, uh, you know, uh, being in the passing game, uh, the only other consistent threat out of that. Uh, and, and those guys are going to be healthy. Uh, Brown is, is completely healthy now. They're going to focus on getting the deep ball. I mean, it's going to be more long touch down passes. I think Lamar Jackson, the Marquise Brown this year is going to be an exciting season. And of course, Dak Prescott, like you said, Mo, uh, so so consistent and then just took his game to another level. I even got him conservative here at 4,700 yards and 28 scores, and I still think he's going to run for another three scores, and that puts him number three. Number four on my list, I like uh, the young kid from Arizona, Kyler Murray. I think he's going to throw for 4,200 yards and 27 scores there, run for an almost another 500 yards and uh, three, three scores. And the big thing, of course, is them getting DeAndre Hopkins in the trade. Uh, you know, uh, I know they got rid of David Johnson, but now they got Kenyon Drake, uh, you know, Chase Edmonds. So, um, you know, it's going to be a really exciting offensive game plan there for Murray. I think he's going to take his game to the next level, kind of like what Prescott took to, took his last year. And Deshaun Watson comes in conservatively at number five only because, you know, he loses DeAndre Hopkins. He gains David Johnson, so more outlet passes that way. If, if Will Fuller can find some way to stay healthy and Brandon Cooks as well as stay healthy and, and really gel there with Deshaun Watson, who's looking to get an extension fairly soon here, uh, I think that he's going to be no problem with a top five guy this year, and I, that's why I've got him at number five. Uh, what, what are your number fours and fives, Chris? Yeah, I've got Watson number four uh, for me. I mean, like you mentioned, he's totally electric. He's a game changer. Um, I'm not scared of the injury risk about his style of play. I'm more concerned about the fragility of his receivers, Fuller and, and Cooks, like you mentioned, losing the, the very viable option in Hopkins. But he does have the best receiving threats of his career with the Johnson boys, not only David Johnson, but Duke Johnson as well, don't forget. Um, he's been, mm-hmm. He actually has been the top per-game quarterback scorer the last three seasons, and I think he actually has a higher ceiling per game and for the season than anyone, and that includes Patrick Mahomes. 
Now, I do think the defense in Houston may take a step back this year, requiring a little bit more from him as well. So that helps move him up to four on my list. And the number five, I got Russell Wilson. Um, his passing attempts rebounded after several years of slippage, and his efficiencies remained amongst the best in the game. I think he's got a high floor of close to 30 touchdowns and a potential star in DK Metcalf to help keep his floor high. So I just think a very small jump for the highly effective Wilson could be in order this year, and it really cements him as, and it's for a top-five finish in my book. Yeah, I like Wilson, too. In fact, he's number six on my list. Uh, for many of the same reasons that you just said, uh, DK Metcalf really developed nicely and matured nicely as the season went on last year. The only issue with Wilson is that he does have those games every once in a while where uh, you know they kind of play defensive ball uh, and uh, he, he doesn't uh, he just doesn't run as he used to uh, as much as he used to and, and make those big uh, scoring runs and such. So uh, you know he, he he is prone to have those uh, 12, 13 point games here and there, but then again he can also turn around and, and score 30, 40 points on you and uh, dominate, especially late in the games that they're down by a score or two. Uh, so, you know, he's my number six guy. Number seven is the old man, Tom Brady. Yeah, if he was still in New England right now, no, I don't think I'd have him this high. But just moving to uh, Tampa Bay, I think he's really going to be on, on a, um, a mission to show everybody that it just wasn't Bill Belichick that was running the show there, that he, that he can he can have success. And with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and then Gronk coming out of retirement, O.J. Howard's still there. I mean, they've got so many weapons around, uh, you know, that uh, that I think he's going to have a top 10 season for sure if he can stay healthy and all. I, I got him at 43, 60 yards and 33 scores there. And number eight, Josh Allen. Uh, boy, when this guy runs, he knows how to get the job done. Uh, he doesn't run as much or as uh, for as many yards as Lamar uh, Lamar Jackson. But uh, you know, I, I've got him scoring seven touchdowns on the ground here. Even if he just throws for 3,500 yards and 23 scores, that's what puts him in number eight in my book. And getting Stephon Diggs is going to probably make all the difference in terms of this passing game because then uh, Smoke Brown can move to the outside and just play on the outside and, and take more of the deep routes too along with Diggs and Cole Beasley of course opens up everything and anything else I really like Josh Allen to emerge into the top 10 this year and uh, how about the rest of your uh, top 10 Chris well I thought uh, my number uh, my number six was a ballsy call so I heard Tom Brady in your top 10 <laughs> that's that's impressive uh, I've actually got my, my next guy, number six is Matthew Stafford I'll talk more about him later in the podcast but I think he's got a higher floor and a and a decent ceiling to merit the ranking, and you don't have to draft him nearly this high, even better. I'm a big Stafford fan for fantasy this year. Uh, number six, I've got Kyler Murray. You mentioned a lot of the reasons why. I mean, he finished as the number six quarterback last year despite being a rookie, having a questionable running game for half the season, and an erratic receiving crew. You, know, you add DeAndre Hopkins and move Fitz to the slot. That, that's, that's a pretty impressive crew he has now with uh, Christian Kirk as well. So I think the dual threat potential obviously re- re- renders him a high floor fantasy guy most weeks, even with the lower than average volume in the passing game. My number eight, I've got Matt Ryan. It's hard to rank him much lower because he continues to be such a great threat every season. Uh, in 2018, he was coming off career highs in yards, touchdowns, rushing scores, and he had a high volume season but he really dipped a little bit last year and he was still a top 10 scorer for quarterbacks. As most people don't realize, I think they replaced Austin Hooper with Hayden Hurst. That's a wash. And he's got a good pass catching running back in Todd Gurley as a decent replacement for the brittle Freeman. Another year of maturation for Calvin Ridley. I, I have a lot of hope that Ryan is a safe, but unspectacular quarterback. Number one at a bargain price, but less upside than Matt Stafford. Uh, number nine, I've got Josh Allen. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail. You did. All the things I just said about Murray apply to Josh Allen as well, to a lesser extent. Vastly superior rusher to Murray, especially by the goal line. Uh, 
But, uh, you know, he added a new receiver, but it's Stephon Diggs, not DeAndre Hopkins. Still much better. Um, this should help him produce the more typical NFL passing numbers. But uh, all of the, all this, the small size of his receivers should be the number one threat near the goal line, so that really helps him. And then number 10, I've got Drew Brees. When you throw into Michael Thomas, that alone merits a top 10 spot on the fantasy quarterback list. And Alvin Kamara certainly doesn't hurt either. But when you have 12-year averages of 4,700 yards and 35 touchdowns and 12 straight top 10 performances, you get the benefit of the doubt from me from staying fantasy relevant despite being 42 years old. Yep, that's a, that's a good round out to your top ten. Uh, number nine on my list, Matt Ryan, for the exact same reasons that you said right there. Um, I just said Josh Allen just a little bit about, about Ryan because I just think that uh, you can get a little bit more value out of him and, and with his running and such. But uh, no, Ryan is not no slash at number nine. Number ten is Carson Wentz. I'm kind of uh, on, on the on the on the. Um, edge the fence about this guy, but I did rank him number 10 just simply because of his talent and such, and, and of course he can all fix up with the Zach Ertz and uh, Dallas Goddard emerging there. A uh, little bit of an issue here, he might slide out of my top 10 if Alshon Jeffrey doesn't, uh, is not activated before the season starts because of his foot issue there. And uh, just going a little bit further here, uh, I've got Drew Brees right at number 11, right on the heels of Wentz, probably a move up above him if uh, things don't uh, get better with Alshon Jeffrey's outlook. And I do love Matt Stafford, I just don't have him quite in my top 10, but uh, I would certainly take him as a number two, and you can draft him as a number two in, in rounds 11, 12, and 13. That's where he's going in the, these FFPC drafts. You could get uh, pair him with Matt Ryan in round eight or nine. Uh, you know, I might be end up uh, trying to do that later tonight. You click the link on the, my Twitter page and, and watch me draft, and we'll see what goes from there. Anyway, we want to offer a few late round uh, sleepers or sleep, uh, sleepers and, and some overrated guys, uh, maybe some underrated guys too. So, Chris, what are your um, underrated and overrated guys at quarterback uh, for, uh, for 2020? Well, underrated, obviously, is going to be Matt Stafford. I've got him in my top six. Amazingly, he's being drafted as a quarterback, too, a, a deep quarterback, too. So there's a bargain to be had here. You look at what he's done the last couple of years. They thought he was declining in 2018, but he was great through week eight when all of his receivers got hurt on pace for 4,200 yards and 28. Last year, he was an MVP consideration when he got injured in week eight, he was in the top five in every fantasy stat on pace for 5,000 yards and 38 touchdowns. I think he's got a huge upside pick that, that is just waiting to happen here. And then I really like Cam Newton in New England this year. I actually have him just outside my top 10 quarterback, but I really wouldn't have a problem going into the season with him as my number one if I loaded up at other positions. Every different play caller he had in Carolina found a way to make him a fantasy stud. And you don't think the master puppeteer, Bill Belichick, got some tricks up his sleeve to make this guy – this guy's motivated, too, to make him a weapon. I mean, you look, he, they say he was having a terrible year in 2018, but he was top five in fantasy points per game through week 14 when he got hurt, and then he just missed last season. He's only 31, and he's still a beast, and I think a return to stud status is in order with his motivation. Okay, a couple of uh, either underrated or sleepers, as I like to prefer to call them, uh, that I believe. Uh, Josh Allen, I've already mentioned why I like him, uh, and I think uh, you know he's he's somebody to uh, target there as your as your number one. And also Daniel Jones in New York, everybody was making fun about how the Giants, uh, you know, uh, it, it took him in the first round, and oh, he's uh, Dwayne Haskins was laughing about it. Well, yeah, Dwayne is ain't laughing no more. Uh, Daniel does have his issues. He needs to hold on to the football and not uh, throw his picks and, and, and fumble as much. 
But uh, he's very accurate, and I think the, with the with the, the entire roster is all healthy and all Evan Ingram's especially, that I think that uh, Daniel Jones is going to start taking that next step. I've got him clearly in my top 15. I think I got him at 12 or 13. So uh, I, those are uh, two quarterbacks that I like. How about overrated? Uh, give me a couple of quarterbacks that you think are overrated for 2020, Chris. Well, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's. I'd like to think he's a great quarterback still, but he's been on the decline for several years. He's missed significant time half of the last seven years. He, he played all 16 games last year, and he was number 16 in points per game at quarterback. He's just not a fantasy starter anymore. He only has one solid target. The team's trying to move to more of a running game. They drafted another running back, and they did nothing to improve their receiving crew. I, I, I can make a really good argument for him being outside the top 15 again this year. And then I'm actually not a fan of Carson Wentz. Like you said, he's going top 10 most drafts, but, you know, his receiving weapons aren't any better. I think they're going to lean on Miles Sanders more. Um, I'm curious what he's going to do without an offensive coordinator. You know that the Eagles don't, are going without an offensive coordinator this season, so that should be interesting. I'll take Tom Brady's upside, his wide receivers, and his durability over Carson Wentz any day, and Tom Brady's available five rounds later. Yeah, I have to agree with you there. I, I don't understand what Green Bay is doing. It's almost like they're pushing out uh, Aaron Rodgers here in the next season or two because they draft, of course, the Mr. Love, the uh, the new backup there. Uh, they traded up to get him. And then they draft a running back instead of a wide receiver when they could have had an elite, you know, top five or six rookie wide receiver there. So I don't know what's going on there. It's unfortunate. It's just, it's just a weird situation. But, yeah, by the way, I don't have Rodgers in my top 15 either. He's number 16. <laughs> and that's kind of very iffy. I wouldn't even target him as the number two. And that's, that's saying a lot. Anyway, a couple of guys well, I'm somebody, uh, concerned about. Him. Somebody will draft him based on his name long before either one of us will, so we won't have to worry about it. Yep, and, and, and we thank you. You just pushed another good player down to me. That's how I look at that. A couple of overrated guys real quickly here. Baker Mayfield, I just don't see him improving much. He's got sloppy footwork. Uh, when you push him out of the pocket, he makes poor decisions and inaccurate throws. And Gardner Minshew, uh, we're glad you're off the COVID list, Gardner, but I just think you were more of a flash in the pan there. Uh, kind of struggled last year was a place with Nick Foles and then came back and, and uh, the, 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 the team just wasn't the same. I don't know if they're going to have the same magic, him and DJ Chark there, but uh, you know, I'd be very uh, iffy uh, to, to I would no way I would target him and uh, you know, only take him as a number three, very, very late in your draft. Anyway, uh, we just want to thank everybody uh, for coming back and listening to the show, the start of our 13th season uh, for the podcast and 25 at ffmastermind.com. Uh, everybody's crossing their fingers and hoping that there is going to be season we're going to certainly act like it we're going to be here every week from now through the start of the season uh next week we're going to be doing our, our running back preview show and we appreciate everybody come visit us ffmastermind.com once again thanks for joining us for chris rito this is mike nasrek see you all next week like when i said we're going to be covering the running back position from a fantasy perspective it's going to be previewed for 2020 Good night. Good luck to everybody drafting. And come check out my draft tonight for the FFPC Pros versus Joes. It's going to be a real hoot. Okay. Thank you. Take care. Have a good night. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazarak, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second.